Hi, everyone, and welcome to the second installment of the Going International podcast series. I'm Christina Santos. I'm a director in our financial accounting and advisory services department in Grand Thornton, Ireland. And um, the purpose of this podcast is really to give some insightful facts about doing business in certain jurisdictions. And today we're looking at China and I'm inviting a colleague of mine that I work with very closely. Hi, Diana. How are you today? Hi, Christina. I'm good. Thank you. Very glad to be here. My name is Diana Zhao. I'm from a Grand Thornton China firm and I'm based in Beijing. I've, I've with the Grand Thornton China for over 16 years. And since I joined, I just provide the accounting, payroll, tax compliance, and advisory services to multinational companies. Actually, we work a lot with the other uh, Grand Thornton member firms in other countries to provide the uh, services to the same group companies, including GT Ireland. Thanks very much, Diana. That was great. And so maybe what I'll just start, you know, with, with trying to understand what brings businesses to China? First of all, I think you you know China is a big country, and that means China uh, is a big market. Uh, China, you know, is the second largest economy in the world with a very large GDP of US dollar, seventeen point seven trillion, and we are a country with a big population of 1.4 million people and we have land area of 9.6 million square meters and we also are the world's, world's largest uh, foreign direct investment recipient. So and um, in addition to that we see that the Chinese government has promulgated more and more open policies to attract foreign companies to do business in China. Since uh, 2020, we have the foreign investment law, which just shows government's commitment to bring stable, transparent and fair, fair foreign investment and uh, environments that can protect foreign investors' uh, legitimate rights and interests while they're doing business in China. In order to um, provide more convenient uh, environments to the business, uh, foreign business, uh, in China, we also have uh, created free trade zones in 66 areas. We also have 165 special customs supervision areas. And in China, we use the negative list uh, system to manage the foreign investments. And the number of restricted foreign investments has been reduced from 190 to 27 during the last 10 years. And even in terms of the accounting standards we're using under the China gap, the China uh, accounting principles, actually it is quite closely convergent to the IFRS, the International Standard uh, Accounting Standards. So that means the financial reports for the Chinese companies prepared under the China gap will be quite readable and comparable. And all of such factors will show that China is very attractive for foreign investor, investors to do business here. That, that, that's really interesting there, Diane, and, and thanks for sharing all those all those um, statistics there. It's it's particularly, you know, for multinational entities that could be using group gap in, you know, US gap or IFRS. It's, it's really, really interesting to understand that, you know, from an accounting perspective, it's actually, you know, very closely aligned, even though, 
you know, it is in the Chinese language, but obviously with the translation to English, it does make it so much more understandable, um, the figures, you know, in, in, in those reports. So th thanks, Mil, for sharing that. So maybe touching base on, you know, that, that reporting and that compliance piece in China, um, can, can you share maybe with us, um, you know, a, a disaster situation without naming client names, maybe how uh, to avoid a, a situation like that or or how can GT help? Let me let me share you a story we have uh, experienced with our client. One of our clients, it, it is a foreign-based multinational company that has a uh, subsidiary set up in China for uh, quite several years. And one day they were touched based by the local tax uh, authority to conduct a tax audit. And the challenges brought up by the tax authority is that they realized that the company has been reporting their VAT uh, liabilities based on the accounting books they have maintained. But in China, in addition to the accounting books, actually, we have a very special thing when uh, collecting the VAT from uh, companies, that is the VAT invoice. In Chinese, we call it fa piao. Um, VAT invoice is not a special thing, but the special requirement in China is that each company traditionally must uh, purchase blank VAT invoice from the tax authority, and they use special system, special printers, to print out each piece of the blank VAT invoice when the transaction is completed. And the VAT invoice will be a essential supporting document to the tax, tax authority um, to assess the company's VAT liabilities they have reported in their return. So our client during that story, um, they just uh, argued back that they did not intended to under report their taxable income, um, but maybe they have not prepared kind of reconciliation between the accounting revenue and the records of the VAT invoice they have issued and the taxable income they should be reported in their VAT returns. So in that case, we stepped in and uh, we tried to communicate between the company and the tax authority. And we also tried to collect uh, uh, you know, accounting data from the company to generate necessary working paper um, or the reconciliation schedules to link the data in different sets of books and returns. And finally, uh, according to our communications and uh, uh, working papers, we help the company to save the tax costs, the VAT tax costs, by 70% comparing to the original claim uh, brought by the tax authority. That's very typical, I would say. Um, that's a very typical story we have is to help them to tackle such issues. Usually companies does not intentionally uh, misreported the taxable income, but they may not be familiar with special tax compliance requirements in China. Yeah, yeah. Well, wow, like 70% is, you know, it's, it's very, very significant. And and thanks for sharing that story. Like I've seen that, you know, the Fapiao myself before and, and you know, how technically it, it can be and it can be quite lengthy as well in terms of the actual number of pages uh, supporting it. So, so thanks, Mil, for sharing that. It's it's certainly something that it's very specific to China. 
maybe like if you could share with the audience, like maybe the three uh, key compliance must knows um, when doing business in China that you would say people need to really be aware of these when, um, you know, having and, and doing business operations in, in the country? First one should be the language requirement. Um, in China, actually, mo most of our people are still speaking uh, Chinese as the local language. And in terms of the compliance reportings, including, you know, tax returns, financial reports, or even the bank, the payment requests, everything when you submit to the government, the documents must be prepared in the Chinese language. Um, but for foreign based multinational companies, typically they usually prepare, you know, such documents in originally in English. Then the, the, the translation into the Chinese uh, language will be uh, really necessary, especially for the in terms of the daily operation company needs to create, you know, payment requests from their e-banking system. Um, especially for the group company, they may use uh, like group banks to create, generate uh, or process payments through the unified, unified payment platforms. But for the Chinese companies, such payment requests must be written in Chinese. Uh, English will not be acceptable. Um, that's the special requirement in China. And another one I would like to share is about the foreign exchange control here. China has very strict foreign exchange control just because the Chinese currency renminbi or or it is called CNY it is not a freely converted currency so any foreign currency transactions between Chinese currency and foreign currency must be properly reported to the competent authority in China in China the the, the competent authority is called SAFE you know, we often receive kind of uh, queries from uh, uh, clients with regard to a proposed transaction. They just uh, uh, request us to provide a tax and accounting comments about the proposed transaction. But finally, I, I realized that maybe there are not too much tax or uh, accounting exposures, but we have to remind our client that pay attention to the foreign exchange controls. Maybe from tax perspective, the transaction could be workable, but from the foreign exchange control, uh, it may, could be not, especially typically for uh, settling the cross-border intercompany balances. Commercial-wise, it is a very normal arrangement between especially related parties within the same group. The last point I would share is about the gap between regulations and local practice, uh, especially during the situation when the tax regulation does not clearly provide the tax determination principles for kind of transactions, then we need to uh, consult with the local tax authority. But different tax authority may have different interpretation about the existing regulations and they may have different determination or, or instructions given to the tax um, payers or to, to the companies. Nevertheless, we have to consider both of the uh, written regulations as well as the local practical requirements, especially when we it is normal cases when we receive different interpretation for the same transaction, but from a local tax officers from a different regions that uh, happens actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember, you know, even in in the common client, Dana, where where 
that would have happened um, depending on where exactly the company had their premises, their physical premises that the, the different interpretations came through. And that is really something right. to not disregard, not take lightly, because that can happen. Um, right. so, so thanks, Mil, for, for sharing that. It, it's really important to be aware. And I'd say like um, the way really to approach these is really to plan ahead and ensure that you cover your bases by engaging, um, you know, a specialist in the country and in that region to give that advice before you, you, you go ahead with the transaction so that you're not, you know, finding yourself trying to remediate it. Then I suppose my next question is around for, for existing, you know, companies doing business in, in China at the moment. Are there any changes that are coming up that they need to be aware and prepare for? I, I think to answer your question, I still need to go back to the point of the VAT invoice I have just introduced because in China we are facing a great change or reform about the eVAT system developments. The China government now has, by the end of last year, 2021, the Chinese tax authority just uh, uh, request uh, three provinces in China to launch the pilot policies for using EVAT invoices. Three regions, it was uh, Shanghai, Guangdong province and Inner Mongolia province. Just uh, where expect by end of this year, 2022, the reform of EVAT system should be spread to the whole country. Although at the first early stage, maybe it is not forcible to all companies in China to use the EVAT system, but it is um, the, the government will place like the courage um, approach. And they, especially when they face the newly set up companies, they encourage the companies to use the EVAT system as much as possible. In terms of the tax collection regime, this reform may not bring too, too much impacts about I mean about the company's tax liabilities, but the chain the, the the biggest impact will be in the area of changing the existing internal process of the company, especially one big group company. They're using their ERP system to record their revenue, to record their taxable income records, and by uh, generating EVAT system. You know, that will involve a lot of a technology uh, request to link the data between their ERP system and other platform, as well as the tax authorities tax filing system. So I just uh, would like to remind companies to pay attention to this change in China and to be prepared at the early stage um, to cope with the new requests. Thanks, thanks for that, because, yeah, no, th those can be um, cumbersome in terms of, you know, just aligning the ERP systems to be able to report the data in a format that is as prescribed by the, um, you know, the local authorities. And, and that is certainly something to, you know, not take lightly um, in terms right. of the effort that might be involved there. Agreed. So listen, yeah. thanks, thanks so much for, you know, that insight. Um, it, it was really, really good to have you and... Listen, thanks for this session and talk to you soon, Diana. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, for listening today. For more information, do visit our website and stay tuned for the next episode. Bye.